Welcome to episode number 36 of the Grab Blogger podcast. We're helping academics change the world through online business. We're helping you, the listener, create a business, create a side hustle by giving you the tools, the tips, the strategies, and the tricks you need to build your online business, to build an income through your business, and so that you can change the world with your research experience, your knowledge, and your expertise. As I talked about before on the show, we go beyond just the high-level descriptions of how to get online, how to do things, to actually giving specific strategies, specific tools, and specific tactics that you can build, use to build your business. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're talking about three selling strategies that are working for me in my online business right now. So if any of you are new to the podcast, you'll know that I started a blog during graduate school at MyDustExplosionResearch.com. I converted that to Dust Safety Science once I graduated. I've been running that as my, my main source of income and my main business over the last three years. So in this episode specifically, we're going to be talking about selling strategies that are working in my business. And these are kind of off the beaten path things. So if you've been listening the last couple episodes, you know that in Dust Safety Science, we actually just launched an online conference for next year. So it's a digital conference, multi-day. Uh, it's going to take place in February 24th to 28th. So that last week in February of 2020, um, we launched it out about a month ago, a few weeks ago to a month ago now. Um, and we just started taking people in for that. So I've been thinking a lot about selling. I think about online selling through things like funnels and marketing activities. Um, those of you that listen before, I know I don't even like the word funnel, but just different sequences and programs you can put people through to get them into your products, into what you're building online, into your courses, and in this case, into your events. But I'm also studying how do you do things offline? How do you actually create sales? So where we're at with this episode is we're going to be going through things that I've seen that are working for me right now. Um, we're actually going to take one from the conference, two from the conference, and one just from my personal life as well. That was kind of a, a fun one as well. And we're going to talk about those and just give them as, as strategies that you can use in your business moving forward. So as I mentioned, in the first two months of this online conference, we are looking at direct sales. So I've been emailing people directly, getting on the phone and making sales for the presenters of the conference. Actually, at the time of recording today, we'll send the emails out to the general admissions, and we should have about 50 or 60 people proceed to, to register for that. We have 30 presenters registered right now, and we have, we'll have about 60 by the time the conference comes. So this gives you an idea kind of scale and how many people are coming in. But the big focus here in the last couple of months while we've been selling is on direct sales. So we haven't been doing advertising. We haven't been doing marketing sequences. We really just, it's been myself and sometimes the team, but mostly just myself, emailing people directly and asking if they want to be presenting and be involved in the conference. So there's two big reasons why we're doing this first before moving into these more online marketing things. The first is that it allows me to test things. So it allows me to test the messaging. It allows me to test the tone, whether or not the, the value is there and being perceived. Um, we covered this in episode 34 of the podcast where we talked about actually five tips for creating a direct email campaign to sell an event. So that's where I go in the details on the email campaign. So we're not going to cover that as much here, but we're going to talk about some other selling strategies that I've been learning. So that's the reason number one is it allows you to test things instead of putting them into a into a big online sequence from the very start. And the second reason is that it allows me to use those results in the more heavily heavily online marketing. So now instead of saying, you know, come to this amazing event, it's gonna be great, I can actually say in the advertising, I can say, come to this event, we have 60 speakers lined up, we have 50 general participants already registered don't miss out. It's a lot more compelling offer because we front load it with this direct marketing, getting people in the door and getting things right and tuned um, before we go into the more heavy online marketing. 
as you'll you you'll notice as you've listened to the last couple of podcast episodes, I do truly believe that these low tech ways are really great for getting your business going. Um, a lot of people get hung up on trying to set up these really you know complicated marketing sequences and funnels and that sort of stuff when it's really more complicated than it needs to be. If you have something good that you want to put into the world, then there's low tech ways, and we'll talk about some of those that you can get them out into the world. So in this episode specifically. It's really, you know, I've been researching and thinking about the topic of selling a lot. So in this episode, we're going to talk about why selling is important, why it's an important skill, how do you actually get better at it. And we're going to talk about these three strategies. Um, and these are just not for online business. These are strategies you can use to actually get what you, you want in life. And the first example will be an example of that. But the three, three strategies are, well, what can you do? If not you, then who? And go low, low for high conversions. Um, so we'll talk about each of those three things, and those are three things that are working for me right now, and we'll we'll hopefully give you an idea of how they can all also be used in your business as well. Um, as always, you can get the transcript of this episode at grabblogger.com slash 36, um, a nice PDF version of it, emailed right to your inbox. I also put together a cheat sheet with seven strategies for seven low-tech selling strategies to implement in your blogging business. So these things that you do not need marketing software to do, you don't need online funnels. We'll cover a couple of them in this episode, but I add a couple bonus ones in there as well. So if you're interested in this, how do I, how do I grow my business in a low-tech way, I'm definitely going to get that uh, cheat sheet at grabblogger.com slash 36. So the first question is then, well, why, why is selling an important skill to begin with? So it really permeates through everything, from talking with potential clients, people buying your products, people buying your services, to actually teaching them, to framing your content when you write it, your blog posts, shooting podcasts. This whole thing of selling yourself, selling your ideas, selling your message is really you know critical to, to actually connecting with your audience. Um, this goes right down to writing copy and sales pages. If you don't have the message correct there, then you're going to have a hard time converting those people into buying customers, which really means you're having a hard time demonstrating the value that you bring and justifying the the monetary output that they need to put in. So if I could, you know, have a, a magic offer that just gave you $100 and you knew with 100% certainty it was going to give you $100 as soon as you press pay, we'd well, probably pay, you know, $75 for that um, because it's it's there. I've already convinced you that the value is there. So you can think about that your marketing. If people aren't buying, it's because you haven't convinced them that the value is there. And this all comes down to the skill of selling and framing your message and framing the benefits for people and also finding the right clients and targeting the right people as well, which we've talked about before on the podcast. Um, but that's, you know, another, another side of it that's important to consider is are you talking to the right people? But in this episode specifically, we're talking about, are you saying the right things and are you selling in the right way? Last thing I want to say on this is that this is a skill. It's not something that you generally learn. Most academics don't have it. Most people don't even have it really, unless you have a sales background, uh, which makes it really hard and it's really scary and this is important to consider because it means that you're probably not that good at it. So how do you get better at selling? We get better, you know, one, through education, knowing the strategies, knowing the frameworks that are out there and can be used, knowing how human psychology fits in. This is really important. But we also need to practice to get better. So that's where the genesis of this episode is, lies, is I want to give you some strategies, things that I've been practicing and things that I've been working in my life and that I found, you know, a big benefit from. And I just want to give you three of these. You can start to see, hey, how these fit in my business, how they fit in my life. Maybe you can use them in a couple of the funny ways that I have and get movement in your business and your life and get better at selling so you can have a better business so you can make more change in the world. So without further ado, then I'll jump right into the three selling strategies that are working for me right now. Uh, and these are, well, what can you do? If not you, then who? And go low for high conversions. And we'll talk about what each one of those means. So 
the first one, the first strategy, strategy number one is, well, what can you do? And this actually comes from a kind of funny story, not in online marketing, but as, as a lot of you will know, my, my son now is um, just over a year old, a couple months beyond that. And when you first have your first child, they really make a lot of other things take a backseat in your life. And one of those things is generally personal health. So I let my gym membership lapse. And just a couple weeks ago, or actually two weeks ago or so, I went in and tried to renew my gym membership. It turned out that it, it had lapsed to the point where I need to pay a front-end fee to get it back up and running. So it was $150 upfront fee, and then followed by $37 bi-monthly reoccurring payment. So I went in, talked to the manager, and said, you know, listen, I, your model is not to have this upfront fee. You should just be able to waive that because I'm going to be a member. Last time I was a member for over five years, the recurring value is where it's at. I tried to explain this because, you know, from having some, some idea of sales, really they should just be able to waive that front fee because they want to get people in the door. I had my gym gear ready and I was ready to start working out. Uh, but it wasn't really hitting. And, and the, the managers came back and said, listen, I, I don't have any power to waive this fee. I, there's no mechanism for me to do it. I can't press the button and turn your account on. So I kind of took a step back and just said five simple words. I just said, well, what can you do? And then the key was silence. So this is a big thing in sales. One is to ask the right question, and two is to be self-aware enough to be silent and not respond before the person, next person. So I can't do this is what we came up with. I came up with, well, five words. Well, what can you do? And just silence. And then the manager kind of thinks, and he scratches his head, and he says, well, I can actually, I have the ability to waive your bi-monthly recurring fees for some set of time. So I was silent again. And he said, yeah, we could do that. And that would cover your upfront fee. So you pay the 150 now and, and we would cover that. I said, oh, that sounds, you know, that sounds like an excellent solution. And he said, so I, was, I said, that's an excellent solution. And then was kind of silent again and literally came out with how many cycles do you think I should delete? And I said, oh, well, I think six should do, <laughs> which if you do the math comes out to like 190 dollars or something. So I paid 150 up front and he waived the fee for the first six bi-monthly cycles. So whatever that is, ends up being uh, three months of fees, which actually ended up being more. So we went to this position of, I can't help you at all to just, well, what can you do? And being to actually give me more back than I was even asking for. So the main point here in this, from this strategy is, one, to ask the right questions. And well, what can you do is just happens to be a really good question to ask in a sales situation. Um, in this case, they were giving the sales to me, but you can see how this might work in your life as well. And it works in, say, if you're selling a coaching product or if you're selling a coaching service, trying to a potential client and they're giving you all these you know, issues and concerns and reasons why they can't join, you can just say this, well, well, what can you do? And just be silent. And they may think about it and say, well, probably my best option is to, to get you to help me you know, let's, let's go ahead with this. So the main point on this strategy is to ask questions and then embrace the silence and let the gears turn in their head and they will come up with a, a good answer to your question. And a lot of times that good answer will actually help you like it did in this case at the, the gym membership for me. So, well, what can you do? Wait for silence and then see what they come up with on their own. So that's strategy number one, something that worked amazingly well for me, actually getting, um, I think 25 or 30% more than I paid up front off my membership from the, the point of, you know, not being able to do nothing as a starting point from the strategy. Strategy number two is if not you, then who? So you tell us another question one, 
and this actually lies at the heart of what I'm trying to do with setting up the presenters for this conference that does safety science. So it's a four-day conference. There's a two-day industry conference at the front, industry training and education, where companies and experts in the field are giving training on the topic of fire and explosion safety, which is my area. And then there's a two-day research conference after that. So the research conference is really easy to organize. There's 32 tickets to present. People are buying tickets. They're going to send me their abstract, and I'm going to create a program from their abstract. More complicated is the industry presentation because everybody wants to present on the most high-profile topics. Everybody wants to present broadly across all topics. So I kind of got to come up with a proposed outline, then reach out to the presenters individually and talk them into filling the slots. So a really good or a really tough example here was I had two companies that did almost the exact same thing. Um, actually, we had this in several different instances, but in this one particular instance where we tried, I tried the selling strategy, they basically did the same thing. And both of them wanted to present on the more complex aspect. Complex aspect. So I, I proposed one of them presents on introduction to their type of system, and the other presents on explosion protection on their type of system. Um, but of course, the one that I assigned the introduction to said, no, I want to present on explosion protection. So I actually got on the phone and talked to them, you know, the thing where you call people. <laughs> uh, probably probably got some international roaming on there for that, but actually on the phone and called, and I thought about what I should do before I got on the call. So I got on. He was a, a marketing director, actually, um, so pretty high level. And he basically said, no, we want to, you know, present on explosion protection. We don't think it's fair that the other company's getting to do that. So the strategy I use then is this, if not you, then who? So I actually built it up. Well, I said, well, talk to me a bit. When you have a new client that's coming in that doesn't know anything about your systems, forget explosion protection, doesn't know about the system in general, what, you know, how does that work? What questions do they ask? I said, well, they come in like this, they ask this type of question about flow measurements, about um, sizing, and, and, you know, we get them set up and, and show them how to do this and that. And I said, okay, well, you know, what's next? So, well, they need, you know, these type of upgrade systems and, and all that sort of stuff okay, what's next? And just kept asking that question, well, what's next? And eventually they said, okay, well, at this point, this is where we talked to them about explosion protection. So, okay, that, that's great. And that's where we want to slot you in. And I just said simply, do you know anyone else I should reach out to, to explain that whole process at the start? This is essentially the, if not you, then who? So I asked the question, do you know anyone else who I should reach out to explain this process at our conference in front of a thousand uh, people registered? And then I was silent again. So this whole ask a question and be silent thing. And he thought about it and they said, well, we should do that. <laughs> That's what we should present on. <laughs> like, and the best part is it's like, it was his idea, which I get it, it was, but we kind of, you know, I guide them there through asking these questions. Well, that was the whole point. Made them, you know, show, made him talk through, ask these questions. And then basically said, well, do you know who else I should reach out to? Like you'd be giving one of his competitors this amazing opportunity to present on this introductory part of this pro this topic, which I think is really important. I need that in this conference. I need somebody to present on it. And I think it's actually a, a quite a valuable thing to present on. So that was a big question. Do you know anyone I should reach out to, to explain this process? And then I was silent. And this let his gears work a bit. And then he came up with the answer that we were looking for, which, oh, we should do this. I don't want anyone else to do it. So the big takeaway here, and it's actually a key message in sales is that you want to make your potential client see themselves in your solution. So I say that again, you want to make them see themselves in your solution, and how great their life is going to be if they go through with that. So that's exactly what I was doing 
when I was walking them through, okay, you have a client come in, explain to me what questions they ask. Okay, what problems do they have happen? How do you solve those problems? And I kind of walked him through, made him see his company as providing that solution. Um, and then by the end of it, there's no way you can say no. Um, you know, he's, he's already visualized himself in there, having those successes, doing those things. So that's a really key marketing message is if you can make your, your potential clients see yourself in, see themselves in your solution, you're really far ahead of the game. So that's what I'm talking about with these strategies, right? These are things that I had to think about before going into these conversations, kind of come up with a framework. So in the first one, it was, you know, just asking what they can do. And the second framework was making them see themselves in their solutions. How do I apply that framework to a specific conversation, selling a particular service or selling a particular message, then actually get out there and practice and did it. And now I have more confidence, enough confidence to actually bring it up and talk about it on this podcast as selling in this way. So this is how it works. You come up with a strategy, you need the education, then you actually go and practice it and you get better. So the third strategy I want to talk about, and this one is just reiterating something I've been talking about before on the podcast, but go low for high conversions. You don't need to really start with these crazy long uh, marketing segments, sequences or online funnels. Um, there's, there's easier and simpler ways to sell. And I'll just talk about a couple that have been working really well for what we've been doing selling this conference. Again, the whole goal is for the first two months to do just direct selling. And then we're going to do the online marketing thing. Then we're going to do maybe referrals and we're going to reach out to media companies and do some advertising and maybe do press releases and all this kind of crazy stuff that we're going to, that's how we're going to get to a thousand people. But how I got the first hundred people in was through these low tech ways. So low tech ways are harder to scale, but many businesses built on authority like those by academics like mine at Dust Safety Science on industrial safety, we're not at scale. We only have hundreds of clients, maybe potentially thousands around the world, but not hundreds of thousands. So it's harder to do these at scale if you had 100,000 potential clients. But if you only have like five because you're in this really small niche, which I'd encourage you to start in anyway, then these low-tech strategies work out just fine and you'll get to the, the end line of actually making some money through your business or expanding and growing your revenue much faster than some of the, the more automated technology-driven ways. So I have three examples of, of low-tech ways that we're using to get high conversions. Uh, the first I mentioned already, but just direct email campaigns. So I talked about this in the previous podcast episode, episode 34, five tips on creating a direct email campaign to sell an event. But the point is that I sent over 50 emails. Actually, it's up to 75 or 85 emails now. Um, by the time I reported that previous episode, it was 50 emails. And we had over 50% of people either register or say they were going to register by the time I recorded. And that number that actually have registered is up over 50% now. You're never going to get 50% people registered through an online marketing sequence with a content upgrade, with a giveaway, with a you know series of, of emails, um, and then introducing the big sale at the end or doing this big launch campaign, you're talking you're lucky to get one or two percent of people convert. Direct emails to people you know, that people that trust and like you, and know that you're the authority in the space is a way higher conversion process than you know doing these online funnels. So that's that's one way to go low for high conversions. Example number two is calling people on the phone. I mentioned this in strategy number two, but this is a great way. It's kind of scary because, you know, we're not that used to using the phone anymore, but it's a great way to learn more about their company. They'll tell you about their needs. Um, a big thing that I learned, and I learned it the hard way through a hard conversation, is I called somebody who was a marketing director. It turns out that marketing director and marketing managers need to be approached very differently in sales. This marketing director ripped me apart for not knowing my analytics and not guaranteeing that we'd be able to report the results back to them. 
I've never had a marketing manager do this before. I did, I, when I called her, I actually thought that she was a marketing manager, which was maybe that was my mistake. I went and looked afterwards and realized that she was a director at the company, but they need to be approached differently. I wouldn't have learned this unless I picked up the phone and called that person. Um, it was a hard conversation, but at the end of the day, they actually registered and they committed their support to re-signing up for industrial directory next year and also gave me some great ideas on analytics that we need to get put into our system. So if I think I said this maybe sometime else in the podcast, but if a picture's worth a thousand words, a phone call is worth a thousand emails. You'll get much more information. You'll learn about their competitors and their industry. Uh, in strategy number two above where they were talking about, well, this is the competitive advantage we want. Um, that's really important information to know within your industry. And you can ask them to take action right in the phone call. So I did this with this marketing director, even though it was a tough phone call. Um, I said at the end, you know, I know things are really busy, but could we get you to do X before the end of the day tomorrow, which was register. That way we can lock you in. It will only take three minutes. You know what? She went and did it right away. Cause I, I showed her that it was only going to take a couple minutes to do. That was in her best interest. But explaining that through an email, she probably just would have put aside and not came back to. So the phone is an example, a, a extremely high way, extremely good way to get higher conversions without needing to set up these online marketing funnels. Now, example number three that I want to highlight is an oldie that I've mentioned before, but a goodie, and we've actually added a, a next level to it, so I wanted to bring it up again. This is a call to action on the back of your business cards. So if you're in these markets like I am that are traditionally not online, you're going to a lot of conferences, you're doing a lot of networking, having your business card on the front and on the back, having some call to action. In my case, I have the world's only online combustible dust conference. Join us February 24th to 28th, 2020 and the, the link where they can go to, and it's like shaped like a button. So when they see that on my business card, they instantly ask me, oh, what's this all about? Or if they put that in your pocket and they get back to it at their, you know, in their hotel at the end of the night, then they go to that link and they get to see what the conference is about. So call to action on a business card is a really cool way to uh, go about promoting what you're doing. I want to talk about how we take this to the next level. We just, my team just came up with this idea last week, uh, myself and my team in a brainstorming session, actually traveling overseas to a conference next week. And I didn't want to reprint business cards again because I have like, I don't know, 2,000 business cards with different things on them now because we have these call to actions. Like we can't print anymore. And one of my team members who, you know, is really thinking outside the box, really doing a great job, said, well, why don't we print discount code stickers for that event? So like the event name, 2019 would be the discount code for the conference login. So we're actually printing these right now. We're going to stick them on the back of the sticker. So not only is there a call to action on the back, but there's a event-specific personalized conference code that they can use to get a discount. This is a really cool way. I think we're going to get um, a lot of people commenting on these and hoping to get a lot of sales through this as well by having this discount code that they can access using you know, an event-specific hashtag or discount code, if you will. Another example, great low-tech way to get higher conversions in your business. I've tested other events where I've given out maybe 50 business cards and we've signed on 10 people for the things that we're doing, which is just, you know, again, 20% is really high for something that costs, uh, I don't know, 30 cents a business card or something. In addition to these other um, low-tech examples, I have a couple more that we don't have time to really discuss through today, but I did put these in a cheat sheet, including the ones that we talked about and some extra ones. And these are mostly around systems, um, manual systems that you should be doing at the end of each project or whenever you sell a product to get more referrals into your business or to get more 
um, reincurring income with the same client, just things that you should be doing there. So I put those on a cheat sheet uh, that is called seven low tech selling strategies to implement in your blogging business today and increase sales. So you can grab that at grabblogger.com slash 36. And that will you know, be seven quick hit tips that you can use and start implementing your business today to get better results in your sales. So that's it for this episode of the Grab Blogger podcast. We talked about why selling is important. How do you actually get better at selling skills? Um, and that was through education, through actually practicing, through knowing what to do, planning, and then trying it out. Um, we talked about three strategies, not just online business, but three selling strategies that have been working for me the last couple of weeks. These were, were called, what, well, what can you do? If not you, then who? And go low for high conversions. And this was all around low-tech selling strategies. And again, we have a cheat sheet for this episode that is seven low-tech selling strategies to implement in your blogging business today. You can get that at grabblogger.com slash 36, as well as the transcripts, uh, PDF of those that you can get uh, at every episode of the Grab Blogger podcast from the show notes as well. So if you like this episode, tag me on social media. It's at GrabBlogger on Instagram or at GrabBlogger on Twitter. I really love hearing from the community, really love getting your feedback. If you have any questions, we are taking them at GrabBlogger.com slash ask. Um, we answer every question through there, or you can send me an email directly at Chris at GrabBlogger.com. I'd love to help you build your business. I personally reply to each email, um, and most of them we try to feature here on the podcast so that uh, the answer is also relevant to others. So have a great week ahead. I love making these podcasts. I love building out GrabBlogger and helping share my journey as an academic building an online business, making big change in the world. And I'm looking forward to seeing what big change you're going to put in the world with your business as well.